Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to Motivation and Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7 with obviously your host here, Eric Fiorello. And today, this is another bumper to go along with it, where today and every day from this point on, we are going to pull the weeds from your subconscious mind and replace them with the seeds of success, power, hope, and obviously, you want to have the best of everything going into the future. Prosperity. So, thanks for listening to us. Tell a friend. Tell multiple friends. Push these shows out everywhere. Because come in 2020, you're going to see a lot of new stuff. And I want to thank you and continue and continue becoming great. Thanks, everyone. The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor is a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to Motivation and Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. Today is the 11th of November 2019, if you can believe it. After I get done, I have uh, the great John McKean and the great John Bruni coming on today. So we got some big heavyweights in here today. Um, I'm going to, I have to put, I, I, use, I put a carpet down from the doorway of the front porch right to my front door because I have an enclosed porch. You don't want to get all that salt and all that in the original. That's going to go up today, so I'm a little early on that, and I'm going to, believe it or not, bring up the Christmas decorations today and put them in the corner of the porch because I think I'm going to get them up early. They're talking we're going to get some snow tomorrow, and I've gotten busted before this in years past where I end up getting storms and I can't get my lights up, and it's a pretty big deal because I've got two huge arborvitaes and a burning bush, so they go all around there, if you can envision that, and that all comes through. I've got a mailbox there, and all the wiring goes through there to my lead on the front porch where I have electricity. I go all around my front door and to the side, and I do the wrought iron railing, so the house just looks dynamite. So I'm going to get that up with the idea, and then John knows this gentleman I'm working with right now, Dennis, we're going to get the FBC gym all cleaned out so the snowblower will be available just in case. Um, this this and last year was the first time I really did a leg up because uh, I don't want to get caught out there. And we're moving stuff. I've got a bunch of pictures I'm going to put up. I just sent them to John. Some of the stuff we're doing. It's just fun as hell. That's all I can tell you. I was up. I slept in later today. Usually I'm right up at 4.30. I stayed up. I didn't get up till 5.30, which is rare for me. But I hammered myself yesterday training among everything else. And you know what? When your body tells you, hey, stay put, man, you stay put. But on that note, let's all stand up and take a deep breath through our nose, out through our mouth, and repeat after me. I am a winner. I am a champion. I am unstoppable. If you go out and look at especially the etched in stone pages, People are saying that all over now. So not not only do I know that they're listening to the show, but they understand it and they believe it. And that's really important. And before I go to the next topic, this is something that's real important. 
I'm going to give you the seven major positive emotions, and we're going to get into this more and more. This is out of the classic and my favorite book ever, which has made more millionaires out of more people, called Think and Grow Rich. Number one, desire. Two, faith. Three, love. Four, sex. Five, enthusiasm. Six, romance. Seven, hope. And I told John one day, a couple people made comments to me. Don't you think that, uh, you know, your enthusiasm might be too much to people and, you know, they might not want to listen? I said, I never had them to begin with. And I'm not changing. This is no put on. I love what I fucking do. Period. Next, um, go out to FiorellaBarbellCo.com. Winners and champions. That is our premier product. I would urge you to purchase it because I'm telling you right now, everything we talk about here, we're all doing, done, or will be doing. That is the way we work here. Number three, go out to our Prosperity Conscious page on FiorellaBarbellCo.com. Everything goes to my PayPal account here. So a $25, $50, and $100 donation, and it isn't a donation. It's an investment. Everything you put into here is an investment with us as we grow and get bigger. The two shows, John's been on with me twice. This is his third time. And we're going to be doing all this big power rack training. And this is volume two today that we're going to come in with. The show's just explode now anybody that didn't know john definitely knows him now and i would urge you if you need to get a hold of him he'll give you the information but i would urge you to go back if you don't have him go back and buy all the hard gainers john wrote for in the 90s um that's how i discovered him as a young kid i mean when i read the stuff that he wrote i was like and i'm still doing the shit today and it's not shit the stuff that i read with the heavy hands and everything we're implementing stuff here that you can't even imagine that's going on right now. The, 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 the creativity with everything that's happening here would blow your eyeballs out of your head if I explained everything. And we will come 2020, believe me. So, you know, take a look at John's writing. It's just, and he's all over our blog too. Um, there's plenty of ways to read about him. He's an incredible man, number one, and I just enjoy the hell out of him. And as I said to him the other day, I wrote to him, I've met a lot of people in my life. He's one of the few people I've ever met that doesn't throw shit at me. And by that, I mean when I talk to the guy, I get an answer whether I'm going to like it or not, which I can appreciate more than anything. And he's just honest with me. And that's all you got to be with me. You'll have your best friend in the world. So those are all things to really think about with people. When you measure yourself, measure others up to what you want, do that. It'll save you a lot of pain, believe me. Also, too. MotivationMuscle.com slash category slash podcast. This will be number three with John, but go out and look at over 1,200 we got. Every one of them are a masterpiece. And let me tell you, you put your headphones on, your earbuds in, listen to them that way because you won't miss a thing, and then go back over and over. Remember, repetition, repetition, repetition is king. Also, too, um, sign up for our free newsletter on MotivationMuscle.com. Um, you know me, content is huge here. We'll come to your inbox, and you'll have plenty to look at. Also, too, another way to invest in both companies is advertising here on MotivationMuscle.com. The rates are extremely, extremely fair here. You know my position, 30 more years here. I want to do as much work with everybody we can, make you money, you'll make me money, and as I say, we're going to be a national radio show. And the faster I get there, the better. 
because there's a lot we've got here to not only give, but a lot down the road we're going to be saying. So think about that. Also, our YouTube channel, Fiorello Barbell Company, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. On that note, I'm going to give you some information on John. Let me bring that up here and bring this down. All right. John, turning a young 74 this December, has been competing in all aspects of the Iron Game for 57 years. He's lifted in hundreds of meets, having won national titles in Masters Age, Olympic-style weightlifting and powerlifting, and acquired nine world titles in IAWA, which is the all-around weightlifting, currently holding a 335 USAWA national all-around records as a retired middle school math teacher with a master's degree in guidance and counseling. John put to good use all the writing required in college. By, I love this, by self-discovery articles published in about every available strength journal. He was quite involved with the sport during the golden age of power rack training in the 1960s and has continually trained with, researched, and written about this dynamic system ever since. On that note, we welcome the great John McCain. And, sir, you know it's always an honor to have you on, and I couldn't be happier that you are once again another big spoke in the M&M wheel. So welcome, my friend. Well, thanks, Eric. Uh, it's always great to be here, and we can discuss a lot about power rack training and the ISOs in general because back in my time in the 60s, this was such a big thing. It was everywhere primarily due to the York organization and Bob Hoffman's writings. But as you and I were discussing just the other day, what I'd like to talk about today is Bill March's original method of using the power rack. Because even back in the early days, this wasn't too well known. A lot of people started with ISOs. In other words, against a bar where they could not move it. And a lot of them didn't have a lot of enthusiasm, uh, even with Bob Hoffman writing constantly about this. Just couldn't get into it. And then later on, we found out that even Bill March and Dr. Ziegler couldn't get into it either Mm -hmm. all that much. Mm -hmm. So they experimented and founded found that if they could lift a weight a barbell very heavily loaded just for a very short distance this made all the difference in the world in their training yep and and you know what's real interesting about that and i just want to make one comment because i think i've said this to you a number of times you know you hear you know i talk to a lot of people like you do john and you run into people that don't know you, and, you know, if they want to strike a conversation up, it's always, do you lift weights? Yeah, you know, yes. And, you know, we hear so much about trap, trap, trap. You know, I want big traps. You know, I want my traps up to the bottom of my earlobes. Well, I just want to mention this to everybody, and I'm sure John can confer on this, because we are going to talk about basically standing up with something so heavy, holding it, and then putting it back down, like he was just referring to a Bill March and Dr. Ziegler and everybody. But I will tell you this. You start pushing the weights, the dead starts, as we call them, or dead stops off a set of rods and come up and push against the other set of rods for time, meaning three, six, some say 12 seconds. John and I, John says six, three. 
I really like now my methodology with pinning it at three. And I mean blasting it where I'm trying to literally tear the power rack out of my platform, which is lagged right into the cement floor of the garage. You want to get a set of traps, folks? Have somebody measure how high and how big they get with the volume of blood and muscle you're creating there, pushing against those rods like that. The hell with shrugs and all that shit. Not unless you're doing a high shrug. If you're not familiar with them, go look them up. But I'm telling you right now, you want a set of friggin' traps and you work your neck, you look like a gorilla, like they used to say about Mel Hennessy. Go ahead, John. I didn't. I know that's off topic slightly, but everybody's always looking for the edge. Well, I just gave you a big edge. Take it away, my friend. Well, you're correct about that because obviously if you're squatting and pushing against that, you develop what I called calluses on your traps because yep. you, you have to have some kind of uh, support for that heavy of a weight of course the various pulling things that you're doing uh within the rack as well Mm -hmm. really affected the trapezius uh like nothing else can ever ever uh, can be done so there's a a a big volume of work there although in in a lot of cases with power rack training Mm -hmm. because it it can be so brief and intense Mm -hmm. A lot of times, there's not a lot of muscle buildup. You mentioned people looking at you and saying, well, obviously, you lift weights. Yeah. At my age, I get just the opposite. They put a, <laughs> they put a question mark after that. You lifted weights? Yeah, yeah. Because you don't really develop that mass of a body like people could do when they're doing a standard set rep program. Yep. And pumping a lot. Of yep. course, that pumping after a while goes away. When when you diminish it and get into more sensible training, a lot of that just sort of melts back into the frame. Yeah. I, I know years ago I saw a very popular Mr. America. He had his own system of training and everything. Looked terrific. The next year after he won the title – I was at a big power meet at York, yep. and they said, here comes, I won't mention the name, yep. so-and-so. And everybody turned to look, and here was this skinny guy, Yep. and the only way you could recognize him was facially. He had no muscle at all, uh, just looked like a runner or something. Yep. Not that I'm, you know, uh, getting down on runners, because I have a lot of respect for them, but the muscle size, volume, mass that he had, not there. No. Because yep. he stopped the pumping training. Yep. And his was a super pumping system. But the fact is that a lot of the guys that train in the power rack didn't really get that mass look. Right. Uh, I can think of Lou Reek. The, right. You know, the, the, he was, of course, the one of the prime examples, and he was a relatively thin, athletic-looking guy. You would have never guessed that he would hold a world snatch record. Right. But yet he did, and uh, Bill March, 
course, won a Mr. Universe title by accident yep. because Bob Hoffman shoved him into a contest. But the, he had this huge mess and everything because he was gaining weight all the time, uh, always eating. He was a really big eater, I understand, and uh, couldn't keep his weight on. The only reason he got definition is he had a cut down for competitions Competition, for, sure. for lifting sure. and, and that cut him up and everything and gave him what looked like a uh, physique man's body mm-hmm. but the fact was that it's his heavy weight and the fact that he kept gaining from class to class to class that gave him that that incredible mass along with the super heavy training he did and then he often stated that you know, a lot of his body parts yeah. came from other athletic endeavors. He was a very good basketball player, track and field man, almost made the pros for, for Baltimore yep. in football. Uh, so the guy did some serious other activities that gave him the calves and the biceps and so forth that uh, gave him this physique look. Mm-hmm. But he got all his power from the power rack and probably a good bit of the mass, too. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, John sent me a note the other day uh, about the numbers that uh, March was using in the rack. Make your head spin. And people might say, well, you know, people have done better. Yeah, done better. How do, how do you even compare that to someone pulling, pushing, off a set of rods, moving an X number of inches, and then holding it. Are you kidding me? I mean, I, I remember that one mid-press uh, you sent me, John. That was over 400 pounds he did. 470. I, yeah. I, I mean, think about that in today's world. How many of these guys could even move that stuff? And you know what I, I always feel with this type of training is, and that's why John and I are on this year-long or longer journey with this power rack training and we feel it's so essential and so important you think about the numbers and john and i obviously john's been doing it longer than me but i can just tell you in the years i've been doing it and now with this formula and and with john's guidance and telling me things that i didn't know or sending me stuff to read and then digest it i am absolutely 100 percent totally there that this by far is the best training you can do when you hear march standing up was that over 1700 pounds in this in the de- in the squat when he came off the rods john well, yeah the, the yeah. quarter the, yeah, quarter, the quarter squat, squat that he did yeah. wasn't really a quarter squat i mean a lot of people that will do a quarter squat will take it and they'll bob it a little bit or maybe they'll go to a lockout yeah but what he did with was uh 1750 where he just held it above the pin for six seconds yeah way different than trying than just getting up with it yeah if you hold a weight like that uh you better have some serious traps to cushion that kind of bondage well yeah and john and i have found out that's one of the reasons we with the prototype bars that i designed and we're going to be doing some other things with size-wise with them. One of the things with these power rack bars is this. They, the, if you lay this down correctly, the way the bar is designed, it is very, very, very trap-conscious. I'll say that. And obviously rhomboid. But I have found two different things with these bars. Yeah, you might come up. 
But, boy, when you lay that right on the traps, and, I mean, you've got to get used to it. It's just another thing where, you know, you, you want to have – I'm trying to think of the words. Um, uh, it'd be like the direction of the bar coming up, but I can't think of the word. I know the word. It'll come to me. You want to get to that point where you're all set like that, you know, where the ligaments, tendons, everything's all involved. Pathway. That's the word I want to use. You get that pathway on the traps correctly, the way it lays in. You want it almost basically where it feels like it's falling through the middle of them. I'm telling you, you're going to come up like a shot like you've never felt before. In fact, what happened with me a few times, I came up so fast with a heavyweight, I smacked the bars above me so hard it drove me back down the original bar. So this is what we're talking about. It's not just, you know... Getting under it, okay, I can raise in an inch. Maybe I can hold it three seconds, all right, and then crash back down. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about to get the feel, the feel. Learn how to get the pathway correctly. And I'm telling you, after a while, as you build up, build up, build up, you'll be you'll be going way over 1,000 pounds with a quarter squat. I mean, if this is what you want to do. So, John, on, on, that, whole, on that whole thing, though, especially with March and everything. You know, I know that there's there's always a lot of questions about what we're talking about. And as we get down the road with this into the six-month realm and all that, and with everything we're going to be doing too, what is it about this type of power rack training? I mean, this is what I'm trying to clarify with people where they'll say to me, well, how's that better than, you know, if I do a conventional squat and do 135, two and a quarter, 330, 315, whatever, and then I'm going to go for a weight, say, of 330, and we're going to do the old five sets of five method. And I know we talked about building muscle, but I've got another idea with that, too, because you, you hit it with March. Let me tell you something. You go in and work that power rack the way we talk about it, you're going to be hungry as hell. I mean, I did it yesterday. I, I've been eating like a, I got up during the night and made a protein drink even and guzzled it down. I, I was half staggering around, went back to bed, bang. So let, let's get into that a little bit, John. Well, yeah, the big thing is that Bill March and Dr. Ziegler were after the maximum possible contraction yep. of the muscle. And they, in turn, found out that by cycling and when they started doing this with weights rather than just a, a dead bar, yep. that they could actually teach the body to contract more and more and more. In other words, the muscle you have right now more than likely is quite sufficient to do any lift you'd ever want to do, mm-hmm. but you got to teach the body to contract that way for more of the muscle fiber to fire at once. And this was the entire idea behind the method that they were using. This is why Bill March would only train to take the weight just a fraction of an inch off the bar Mm -hmm. or, or off the bottom pin rather, and then hold it trying to get higher, mm-hmm. but eventually cycling up to such a weight that you couldn't possibly. In fact, that short distance that he would move the bar got even shorter. Wow. Because he was handling such a weight that 
it just couldn't move any further. Right. And believe me, having done that myself, when the muscle contracts that way, uh, it it is a, an awesome feeling. And I, I I don't know how to explain uh, the the total feel in the body, but everything in the body is working toward mm-hmm. that. And to do it, as you said, to get that pathway, you better damn well have perfect position mm-hmm. in order to support that kind of a weight. Now, the one person that probably observed this more than anybody else was uh, the York trainer, Dick Smith. Right. Uh, he was just sort of an all-around guy for the York organization, and it was Smitty's job, one of the many, to drive Bill March – the 110 miles one way every day down to Dr. Ziegler's place where Bill March would train. They'd drive 110 miles. March would do a brief warm-up. Then he would do three exercises for six seconds each in the wreck. He said, I drove a total of 220 miles a day, and I trained for 18 seconds. Yep, yep. But you got to look at it this way. I mean, you know, that's what we're talking about today with March. Look at the success he had. I mean, and I remember you and I were talking too, which I never thought of it, but, you know, everybody always talks about, you know, rushing the the block, the whole thing, the strength they had. And I remember you saying to me, I don't know if it had come out or you read it or you heard it or I hope I got it was you. I'm sure it was. They, you know, we think too that they were doing the same thing with the power rack. I mean, if you read about Ziegler when they were all over there, he'd go out drinking with those guys, right? Trying to find out, you know, what the hell was going on, and eventually they started coming clean with him because they trusted him. No, um, that's because they were drunk. No, well, that too. <laughs> you know what I mean? But here's the thing: um, this guy came back and look what he designed. And you know, we, we, we I'll hit this briefly again. It wasn't just it wasn't Diana Ball that made these guys great. You know, it might have helped. And even I read stuff with Ziegler. He said, if I knew this was all going to happen with Diana Ball, I never would have even went after, you know, to attempt to create this drug because he saw what was starting to transpire from it. But and another thing, John, I don't think we hit it last time. And correct me if I'm wrong. Ziegler was wounded in the war and he lost his collarbone, was it? Is that from the injury was that one of the things i read i, be- I believe so okay. I, I know he had plates in yep. his leg and yep. his head yep okay well here's what's interesting folks so you should never say never they said he would never press overhead the guy was pressing pretty heavy uh dumbbells over his head okay so i would attribute everything to the power rack myself but that's what i'm just trying to say to everybody that just because somebody else tells you well it didn't work for me doesn't mean it's not going to work for you. And you got to look at the whole corresponding picture of everything. People have a tendency to give up very quick, even more so today, when it doesn't instantly give them what they want. I can tell you this just from my own experience with the rack. Um, it's going to give you some highs, big highs. It's going to give you some lows, too. And I just think that, in, in you know, you know my feeling on stones and all that. I love it. That's one of my favorites. But as I was telling John the other day, this power rack training we're doing is the best stuff I've ever done in my lifting career. 
the best, hands down. And as we get into this more and more, I'm going to tell you why I believe not only is it the fountain of youth, but I believe when you get to the numbers we're talking about, you're going to see something happen in everything else you're doing that will literally blow your mind. And people that see you do this are going to have to go back and watch it again because they're not going to believe that whatever you went after, you moved, you pulled, you pressed, whatever. It's all yours, John. Well, the thing is, too, uh, according to interviews I saw with Dick Smith, part of the problem was that people weren't willing to go heavy enough. Right. And, of course, as you said, they just didn't believe that such simple training would work. Right. Because the essence of power rack training is to keep it simple. Yep. The other big thing that Smith mentioned in that light was that people would overdo. Yeah. Not realizing how much that affected the system. Yep. Dick Smith was the first one to say, if you're working in a sticking point position for six seconds, he couldn't even calculate how many sets and reps that would be with a regular lift where you glide through that sticking point Mm -hmm. with momentum and never realize that you're not working at all. But when you work it for six seconds with a maximum weight, the system was really, really being imposed on. This is probably where Dr. Ziegler came up with the idea of Dianabol, not to make you a super weightlifter. It's just because with all his reconstructive therapy and rehabilitation training Mm -hmm. that he was aware that that supplement, as it was then, was just for older people, burn victims, and so forth to help reconstruct uh, a system that was out of whack, use the food better yep. so the protein could be assimilated. And naively just figured, well, this will work for people that are training in the power rack because of the unusual demands on the system. Without, and yeah, yeah. after that, then it just snowballed. And unfortunately, it went the wrong way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, I, I, you know, you talked about pumping and all things like that. I'm not going to get into this stuff because I haven't talked to John about it, but you should go back and read some of the articles in the old hard gainers about heavy hands. Uh, a good friend of his, Dr. Leonard Schwartz, who wrote the book, among many. And John and I, you know, have talked about different things we've implemented here. I'm working it with uh, Dennis right now, too, teaching him. Um. I've never had body pumps, if you want to use that word, like I do when I do this stuff. That's why I say go back and purchase Hard Gainer and go read about long strength. Go read about walking with heavy hands, et cetera, et cetera. Squat pull-ups. I mean, just incredible stuff. And the whole thing, when we're talking about using these massive weights, we I, I made a little reference about, you know, 135, two and a quarter. Forget it. All right? One thing I can tell you with this type of power rack training, if you want to use massive weights with pushes and pulls, you've got to find a form of a warm-up that is going to really engage you, but not put you in the hole as far as, you know, zapping some strength out of you. You don't want to do that. 
Well, what I have found, and, and I'm going to go right to John with this, because I just felt this was very pertinent to what we're talking about today, is how do we warm up? How do we get everything involved, especially mentally? Because you got to remember, John made reference to this. This puts massive stress, if you want to use that word, which I'm not a big fan of, on everything. And if the mind starts giving out, because you know how it is, uh, geez, I don't know if I want to go in there today. God, the weight's heavier than it was two days ago. All those things you're saying to yourself is just going to put you right into the ground for that workout and maybe more coming down the road unless you clear it out. So what I found with, with these movements, and I usually go around 15 to 20 minutes with them, it's just invigorating as hell. And I don't get sick of them. And we're doing some other things John's taught me that I can't release. And it's just absolute fun, if you can believe F-U-N. Because what I've learned, especially talking to John and with Dennis and everything, is this. You can be as disciplined as hell. You can be vicious with everything. But you know something? If you're only going out there to do that and you're not having a little bit of fun with it, you're really missing out because the fun opens up the gateways to everything. And I found doing this now, especially where I want to go with the lifts I'm doing, there's no way I can do warm-ups like that. There's no way I can go and say, oh, well, you know, like John tells me and, and I've done, you know, you can take a sub-max weight and do maybe three reps with it. But, man, when you're coming in, because I'm not doing three then, I'm only going to do two, I'm going to be pegged to my max weight for that day with a push. So you're only going to have so much power. As they say, you know, you shoot your load, that's the end. It's all yours, John. Well, you're right about that. The, a, lot, a lot of the standard warm-ups that lifters would do actually tends to burn them out. By yep. the time they get to a decent weight, they're too tired to do it. Yeah. But with the rack training, the way March and Ziegler did it yep. was to go basically to the heavy lift of the day <sighs> right away after a few stretching, yep. frog kicks to stretch the spine out, and then just go for it. Yep. Well, the thing that I found out through my association with Dr. Schwartz was that, gee, you could warm the whole body up with very light dumbbells with the heavy hands yep. movements. Uh, and later, he developed the uh, a method of doing this with hand clasps that were more of a, a moving isometric method, as he called it. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, he never got around to publishing the book he wrote mm -hmm. on that. As far as I know, you and I are the only one that has that book. Right, right. Uh, as well as what I used to use all the time and now you and Dennis are using yep. with the heavy hand shadow boxing where you mm -hmm. take uh, light dumbbells or even uh, rocks, soup cans, mm -hmm. something like this, and just bounce around and punch any way you feel like it. You can get into a heck of a fun session doing that, mm -hmm. uh, running around. Uh, it's always been fun for me, except when I knock over one of my wife's lamps. With it. <laughs> and, yeah. and then you really have to learn how to defend yourself after that. Either that or run, right? Run for cover. Run, yep. run yeah. At my age, I can't run that fast. So <laughs> she catches me, and you know, if she has that uh, something that's heavier than a heavy hand dumbbell or a soup can, she has one of those old fashioned rolling pins in her hand. Yeah. You're in big trouble, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. But at any rate, the 
thing is that you can do that, have fun with that, and get a whole body warm-up without stressing the body at all. Because it's fun. You're not even breathing hard if you do it right and you build into it. But when you hit a heavy weight in the power rack, the whole body's ready. Yeah. You, you are confident it's ready. There's nothing else you could do. You already know. She's sitting there with a pan right now, Eric. I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm talking too loud. I you love know. it. I love it. But at any rate, uh, and she knows how to use it. At any rate, the whole idea is get that body ready without weightlifting. Yeah. And then go in and do the damn weightlifting and get it out of the way. Yeah. Smitty always used to say, people these days are trying to do or have tried to do too much and it just burns them out too quickly. Or as I see, I see just the opposite. Uh, Every time I go to the uh, commercial gym, I go with my wife all the time because they have a pretty good power rack and I have to sort of get to that because people are trying to do the damnedest things with bare bars and looking in the mirrors there and it drives me crazy. But the thing I see at the commercial gyms is people are maybe have heard of doing partial movements, but they're not doing it from a dead stop. Nope. And they're not using any weight. Nope. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me to do uh, a partial squat with 135 pounds when they could put it on a pin, load it to five times that amount, do it for a, uh, a short push and a four to six second hold, and they would do more than all the sets and reps that they're trying to do. Yep. But the thing is, I guess, you know, people just don't want to do that intensity. They don't want to push the body to above its limit, which is really what you're trying to do every time you're doing a correct power rack push. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, and we, you know, our feeling, I mean, you're an all around lifter. So you, you know, you've obviously set records everywhere, et cetera, et cetera. But we've talked about you know, the prototype bars here and all that we're playing with. And of course we talk about your grandson, Dre and he's you know, sitting right behind me right good. now. I hope he's listening. Cause he, he needs has a to day listen. off. Oh good. yeah, that's right. It's veterans day. By the way, happy veterans day, everybody. We love you. We can't, I, you, because of you, my dad, who's not with us anymore, at least uh, bodily, you know, thank God for all them. Let me tell you. And I appreciate it all what we got here. Um, with that, Eric, but but we but we talked about a lot of the stuff, especially you know with Danny and all that, my nephew. But you know Dre's a little older and he's ready for this. Let, let's just let's just talk this. I mean, I know you probably don't have a favorite, but when we're talking, you know, with March and everything else, what do you like? I mean, I know we're excited about the potential of you being able to you know do the back squat again, obviously. But is it? Do you like? I mean, if you had to pick a movement, what would you pick, John? With what we're talking about today, with power rack training, yeah. It, well, it it varies. You know, the thing that always turns my head is the so many moves that we have in all around lifting mm-hmm. that that I enjoy, and a lot of those are actually. Uh, best done on the power rack because they're short range to yep. begin with. Yep. So, you know, this is primarily how I got into 
just doing the March method yep. uh, way earlier this year is I wanted to train on uh, a partial straddle lift. We call it the Kennedy lift yep. where you do it from 18 inches above the ground and, and just do, you know, you do it to completion. That and the Luric lift, which is basically the same thing, except you do it like as a hack squat from 18 inches behind you. And I really enjoy those, too, because uh, I've taken it a step further in that putting it in a power rack, I am just doing it so I can pull enough weight where I can just barely hold it. Yeah. For four seconds or six seconds above the pins. And it's a dynamic feel. Uh, and I get some really crazy looks when I do this at our commercial gym <laughs> because they don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, and it, it looks like, uh, you know, I can almost hear them thinking, oh, that poor old man isn't strong <laughs> enough to complete that lift, yeah. even though there's a bazillion plates on it. But, yeah. you know, but they, they have no idea that I'm going for that maximum contraction yeah so those two plus the row which i i just take a, a plate or two off and go with a, a a row from that same position yep uh holding it uh just above the pins to get that pull with as much weight as i possibly can and you know, with all three of those right now uh, i'm exceeding what's listed as our national records Wow. In those lifts for my weight and age class. Well, no, not just for my weight and age class, for open division as well. Awesome. But, but the thing is, they, you know, th that feel gives me complete confidence that when I, when and if I do go into competition, you know, I'll just go right for the records. They won't be a problem at all yeah. just to go for the regular lift. But yeah. I do enjoy those because, uh, that's the way I started earlier this year. Yep. And getting about now, you, you go for so long, you train something for six or eight months, and you get tired of it. Sure you do. Definitely. So the, I'm looking forward to training with your new squat bar yep. because I'm going to be doing the same thing. And, you know, I'm getting tired of that. Plus, with the new squat bar, obviously, I have to do that at home. Yep. I'm not going to carry it with me in a case like the pool players do. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so, you know, I'll, I'll be able to concentrate a lot more on that at home yep. and get back to that. So I'm suspecting that's going to be my new favorite movement. Yeah. Although I'm, I'm still kind of liking these other uh, because I'm still making gains. I'm not finding an end to them. Right. And, and in fact, I think I told you before what they led to is sort of a even a shortened form of the heavy heavy rack hold mm -hmm. in what i i told you i called the einstein set. The einstein yep yep now let me explain this to people einstein of course was a genius yep and one of his statements was with any principle that you have to spend a lot of time and can't explain simply you simply don't understand. <laughs> yep. So I wanted to look at this, and then I, I saw something else related to Einstein where someone explained in the simplest manner I ever heard what was the time element in Einstein's theory of relativity. And he said, imagine yourself on a bus ride 
sitting next to a pretty personable girl. Yep. And that bus ride would go almost instantly. Yep. But if you spent that same amount of time working next to a hot furnace and a steel mill, that time would seem like forever. Yep. Okay, so I wanted something very short. And what I did is I took my lifts, like the Lorik lift uh, and the Kennedy lift in the rack, where I would go up to and do my heaviest hold for four seconds. Right. And then I thought, you know, this is feeling pretty good, but I can do more. So I added 50 pounds. And I thought my whole goal is to pull this thing up just so I could break it off the pins and see if I could hold it at all. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I could, maybe for a second, right? maybe less, because time stood still. Yep. And that's why I called it the Einstein set, because it seems like you're holding the damn thing for an hour, but you're holding it for maybe a half a second. Yeah, definitely. But the big thing is, you're holding it. Yeah. And this is truly a maximum weight. Uh, if I could say anything about it, if, if anybody could develop the mindset to do a pure isometric no hold for a maximum, that should be the ultimate. Oh. But I'm thinking this Einstein set really surpasses that because everything feels like it's going to explode in your body when yeah. you're doing. Yeah. Well, you know, you figure too, you know, we always talk about, I, I, I'm big with energy, with, you know, muscle, like the, what we're talking and. You know, when I said the other day when we were talking about the heavy hands and the shadow boxing and all this stuff, I totally, totally believe, and you have to believe this stuff, that it creates such electricity through everything. I'm a big fan, as you know, with Earth Pulse and all those things with the magnetic therapy. Um, I believe the more charge you have in your musculature... And we're going to get in, I'm sure, the heavy hands more down the road because there's so much. And I would just tell you, go out and buy the book and get it on Amazon and get started if you have interest in this. Better what? yet, tell, tell them to get heavy hands walking. That's the second book. That's the second one? My, okay. my picture's in it. Yeah, right. I remember that on the beach. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so here's the thing. We talked about multiple warm-ups we don't agree with. That's our preference. You'd have to get into this to decide for yourself. But as I say, you know, I don't like that functional shit all the time now. That's all you hear now. But I'm talking about muscles are just brimming with energy. And I'll tell you my method for madness here, what I'm working on right now with the stuff John and I basically went over with the heavy hands and the shadow stuff. I'm looking at where I am going to have so much energy through cellular levels, all right, that I don't want to go in, you know, maybe today I don't want to go in and do three singles and on the last one do the push. Today, I feel so back, so electrically charged that I'm going to go in there and put my max on and take the shot. It all comes from the confidence that you're building with what we're talking about here. You know, We can look at numbers. We know what a phenomenal lifter Bill March was. By far one of the very best. Okay? But that's all well and good. We love reading about what him and Ziegler and Hoffman wrote about him and Lou Ricky and and all these people. But the bottom line is you got to be the one to go out 
and start experiencing this stuff. Because, look, we talked, we touched upon this early on, and I, it, it, it definitely is worthy to say once again, if you're looking for speed and this, that, and the other thing, it's not going to happen with this stuff. This stuff sometimes can be like long and sludgy. Like John said, you know, it feels like you're almost standing there for a week trying to get this thing pulled. If you want to make the biggest gains of your life, this is why it's not just the rack to me. We talk about the heavy hands. What am I looking at that's going to build around that rack, that's going to allow me to walk into that rack, have such confidence no matter what's going on, and take that weight and bury it? Because we talked about the strength, and, you know, we talked about the other bodybuilding routines where they're putting, you know, I don't know what they're doing, but I usually always like Anthony Dottillo's thing of muscular bulk. I just always like those two words. But I'll tell you this right now. I told you from yesterday, I've been eating like a, uh, I mean, like a monster, man. I mean, just eating, drinking protein, whatever it is, eating a lot of fat. I got this special butter I eat that's all laced with garlic and Kerry gold. I, I sit and eat it with a spoon. I'm not kidding you either. I mix it in egg, everything. It's phenomenal because I love good fats, heavy cream, all those good things. But I'm here to tell you too, my personal feeling is, if you want to gain, depending on what you're eating, uh, what else you're doing, you know, with the heavy hands, we talk about pumping. I'm telling you right now, you'll get muscular as hell, in my opinion, off that. And I'm going to give it the full shot. I mean, I'm going to go, I've been doing it for years, but I'm going a year long now with what we're talking about here with all that methodology with that. I can't wait to see what I look like in a year let alone what I'm pushing and pulling against those rods. And then when we make the big announcement, what's going on, then you're going to see something phenomenal, which I, in my opinion, I want to look and lift like I'm not even a human being. Literally. It's all yours, John. Well, there's there's a lot there that's food for thought. I, I had to reflect on one of the things you mentioned about the get. Not wasting a lot of time yeah. with the uh, all kind of other things to get ready to lift. One of the things that I found out in rereading, you learn more about rereading than uh, these little tidbits that you overlooked all the years, yep. was the fact that the, that uh, Dr. Ziegler would actually test the uh, manner of in which you could achieve a maximum contraction with various athletes. And he found out that if some of the people he tested would do too much training mm -hmm. or too much warm-up, they were not capable of achieving a maximum contraction. Yep. He found out, for instance, with, with the great Olympic lifter, Bob Bednarski, yep. that when he tested them, that if he could keep him done to doing only a few sets in one exercise throughout the week, clean and jerk was his favorite, obviously. Uh, if he'd only keep him done to a few sets, he would be at a level where he could achieve the maximum contractions. On the other hand, he, he tested at the same time Russell Nip. Yep. And Russ was always one that would be a, a perennial overtrainer. He would do everything. His workouts were three hours, oh. five days a week. Oh. 
and he just trained and trained and trained. You know, uh, I knew Russ pretty well. He was, uh, you know, uh, a very open, friendly, funny guy. A lot of personality, but boy, he was energy, energy, energy. But without realizing it, he always felt great. But without realizing it, he he was so far above it when Doctor Ziegler tested him, tested him for a contraction level that he would not even let him into the power rack. Holy cow! Uh, wow. Until he trained himself Backed down off. a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. So you know, th- this is a point that was made: is that you can work yourself so much into your excitement about this that you can't even do the maximum contraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like Smitty always said, the guys are just overtraining. They're, if, if you look at how simple the system of using a maximum contraction is, in other words, just get a heavy weight, mm-hmm. Pull it above a bar or a pin and hold it for six seconds. That's it. You don't have to look into this deeper. Yep. You don't have to say, hey, if that worked, well, gee, I'm going to do three and four and five sets. No, you're going to kill yourself with that. Without a doubt. And, and you know what's real interesting? I thought of you the other night. Um, you know, my brother-in-law, Dan, who you've seen, people have seen him, you know, lifting stones here and all that. And that's Danny's father. Uh, he's a head football coach in a big suburban school in Gilderland, New York. And they went to the Super Bowl, I believe they called it, Friday night against even a bigger suburban school called Shenandoah. And I don't know if they were unbeaten or maybe they lost one game. Now, Dan's gone through three quarterbacks this year, and they did very well. They should have never beat the team previously, Shaker, and they got him. Shen is real big. Dan's team, a lot of them are undersized, but they are definitely overachievers. And, you know, great teacher he is, and I'm sure his coaches. So I watched some of the game a little bit Friday night. And they were manhandling Dan's team pretty much on the line of scrimmage. They scored two touchdowns. It was 14 to nothing going into the half. I only watched a little bit, but they ended up, you know, getting, they scored, I think, once, but they were beaten handily. But you know what I noticed more than anything, and this is not a put down to him or his team, because how can you put down a guy that definitely made every player there, in my opinion, probably an overachiever. They were very good, but they were much better, I do believe, to what they believed in their coaching. But I did look at these kids. And you could tell that they were getting stomped on just by the looks in their faces. And you know what came to my mind right away? And I could be asked backwards, but I don't think so. I said, what if that front line, let's forget about linebackers and everything. What if that front line on the line of scrimmage against Shen had been all power rack trained by me? Exactly, right. And not only that, John, um... I think the attitude would have been different, everything. And I understand. I've been on that side of the fence, man. You get your face kicked in, and suddenly you get, you know, you don't have, your beliefs are down. It's like, where's your courage? I got it, man. It's a whole psyche game. But that's the first thing that came to my mind because I, I look at it this way. Nobody's that big. I don't care who they are. And you know what? When you're that goddamn strong off a rack, believe me, 
you can manhandle more than you think. And when you're in the line of fire or battle like they are, we all know everything starts exceeding what you would normally be when you're walking around in street clothes. And I thought of that. I mean, I'll see him, you know, maybe before Thanksgiving. If not, I'm sure, you know, he's probably feeling a little bit and having to get everything put away for next year. But I do believe that they would not have got pushed around like they did. That That's my theory. I'm not a football coach, but I do know one thing. I know physicality, and I know mental physicality, and I will tell everyone, that goddamn power rack will build your brain. We, we And we haven't gotten into this. This will be one of the shows John and I will be talking about. You know, I talk about all the rewiring I'm doing. I'm here to tell you. That power rack will start rewiring your brain, and quickly. Because you know why? If it doesn't start doing it and makes you change and have desire and make decisions and courage and, and, you know, being confident, I got news for you. And I wouldn't say this to anybody. You're going to get your face smashed in, and you won't do it anymore. It's Mm -hmm. not – look, people don't want to say these things anymore because they don't want to hurt anybody, and this is not to hurt anybody. This is a man's game you're playing here. I'm talking, you know, ahead, you know what yeah. you're, you're saying this and, and I'm thinking that, yeah, when you train strength yeah. and you acquire strength, you get supreme confidence and that'll make any athlete better. Yep. Uh, then what you said before about high school training, yeah. football and everything, I saw this firsthand at the school district I taught at. Yeah. We had a uh, coach that was a little bit well maybe maximum headstrong yeah and back in the early 80s and everything his team was doing pretty good Mm -hmm. of course we had some we had some stellar athletes back then too it wasn't necessarily his doing right but he made the statement back then that because weights were just starting to be part of the high school training whereas before it had been completely taboo and he made the statement no, I don't believe in that. It didn't work. Or he says, I never had to do that when I was an athlete <laughs> back in college and high school. Yeah. And my athletes will not be weight training. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? All the teams around the area who he always used to beat started weight programs. Yep. And guess what? <laughs> they Pretty soon, they were kicking his ass. Yep. All the time. He wasn't even able to win uh, a title of the neighborhood, let alone, you know, the the whole Pittsburgh district. And that's because, as you said, these guys on the line for the other teams now were men. Yeah, I agree. And they were, were, you know, pushing over his boys that that would not weight train. Yeah, he wanted pure athletes, but he had pure weak athletes. And... uh, as I've often read throughout the thing, uh, strength might not be everything, but weakness is the answer to absolutely nothing. <laughs> Without a doubt. And you know what else, too? It's like, wouldn't it be great you just don't say anything to anybody and you get rid You and I have talked about this. All this bullshit, power cleans, this, that, the other thing, run here, run cones here, do this, do that, flip tires. John said it all through the show. And I hope you grasp this. It's called overtraining. When you, like he said, when Ziegler would bring people in and see what they could do and they couldn't move a max of anything, it doesn't matter what they're doing, okay? So what I'm saying is here, wouldn't it be great even if you took five guys, 
let's say you've, you that you've got him committed to your line or I don't care wherever they are, a running back, a linebacker, a, a quarterback for that much. Take five guys and concentrate from tomorrow till when you you come out into the field, well, when you start your doubles and everything in late August. I'm here to tell you, I'm so confident of this. I've said it before, like with John's grandson. Who's going to be able to tackle you? Who's going to wrap you up? It's going to take five guys probably to wrap you up and bring you down. Who's going to stop you on the line when you have so much momentum underneath you that you're just going to bowl these people over, and before you know, you're going to be right at the friggin' quarterback's heels? Do you understand that? That's what's so vital and important about this thing. But John said the same thing, and I just said it. It's the mind. Make yourself so goddamn strong when it's fourth quarter and you're down by two and you're ready no matter what, and you're going to make something happen and get that back ball back and win. That's the whole thing, and power rack training is the key to all that. There, you can conventional train. I'm not telling you not to. But if you've got the guts, man, to get right away from the whole thing everybody else is doing, to be a pioneer with something new, we'll just talk high school, I guarantee you, man, you give me five kids and you will never see them the same way again. The the guys on the team won't want to fuck around with them. They'll be so damn tough. And when they hit you, after the second hit, you're going to cower if you see them coming at you. That's my point. It's all yours, John. Well, yeah, extreme strength really has that elusive term they call explosiveness. Yeah. If you're talking about a football player, you get a very, very strong, motivated player, and he's going to hit like nobody's business. He'll explode through anything in front of him. I mean, what is having a a 200-pound person across from you? When you weigh that much or more, and you're used to blowing through yep. a 600-pound rack lift. Yep. It's nothing. <laughs> it's just like right. nothing. Yeah. And not only that, John, you get in their head, as we all know. And you know what? Even if I fuck up the next time, I still went through them. That's the whole thing. The idea is to change the whole geography of what you're doing. Now, we all win and lose. There's no guarantees, they'll always say, which I hate that word. They'll say, well, if you do the power rack, that doesn't mean we're going to win every game. Maybe not, but you're going to be in every game to win. Yep. To win. All right? So that's the thing. You know, before we sign off and everything, obviously, uh, and I want you to summarize everything. In today's world we're talking about, you and I both know what's going on in fitness. We are physical culture. They are fitness to me. Um. What do you feel at this point? I mean, we're going to be doing a long teaching series on this stuff. And, man, you talk about getting stuff today. Unbelievable. But at this point, in you know, you're in a commercial gym. You see what's going on. I know you've told me some of the stories in the power rack where you got a lot of patience because I probably would have tossed them out of the rack. But my point is this. What My goal with all this is not only to educate, but Obviously, we've got prototypes, we've got a power rack that's ready to go, all that stuff. What do you see right now in the, in the next year? 
how many minds do you think we have the potential to change and how many people are going to come in here and say, okay, I need John's help or I need Eric's help or, you know, Eric's local, you know, can I come over his house and start being, you know, trained by him? I'm not going to say coach because I don't really dig that word either, but we're going to teach you the art of physical culture. Where do you think we're going to go with this? If you had a crystal ball right now and what do you want to see with this whole teaching program we're doing, John? Well, I think the idea is, as we've discussed today, people have to be uh, taught to think in terms of maximum contraction, Mm -hmm. maximum weight, achieving even more weight, cycling up. You can't stay still any place and keeping the routine short. Yeah. Now, if you know, uh, I I can't see a, a downside to any of that. To somebody that's motivated to get strong. Yep. It's not like they have to waste hours and hours in a gym. They can do this very shortly, very quickly. Yep. But the whole idea is they have to program themselves to not overdo, but yet to continuously go for what will cause the maximum contraction and get a lot of rest yeah oh without a doubt eat well get a lot of rest think good things i've talked about before get involved go out and look at various authors or entrepreneurs that are very successful what you want to keep doing you know they talk about feeding the mind but i always say you want to feed the six inches between your ears your subconscious mind you know you want to keep well you know eric Eric, can i interject yeah go ahead sure sure i i I was thinking of you in our talks the other day and i dug up this quote uh you're gonna love this because of the way we have to think when we're alone and when we're in that power rack when you're in a power rack you're all by yourself there's nobody else in the universe there but the great scientist nikola tesla yep uh, who developed alternating current, and in fact, he was the one guy in the world. They asked Einstein at the time, what's it feel like to be a genius? He says, I don't know. Ask Nikola Tesla. Yeah, definitely. But Tesla, uh, one of his great quotes was, he said, be alone. That's the secret of invention. He says, this is how ideas are born. Yep. He said, so... When you're alone and when you're thinking, mm-hmm. this is what we are going to try to get people to do. Think when you're thinking, and you can't think any better than when you're under a heavy weight and a power Hell rack. yeah. Then this is when you're going to have your own ideas, and this is when it'll really blossom. Mm-hmm. No, of and course, it, go ahead. Of course, Tesla also said, if you really want to be into this invention idea he says don't ever get married yeah exactly exactly. (laughs) he says there's never been a married person that came up with a good invention (laughs) but you know what that's the truth i mean we talked about with that gentleman you talked about with me karate that you know he disappeared for two years came back unbeatable i mean killed a bull with his bare fist i mean think about that folks and it's not folklore i'm telling you right now you've got to learn to be alone you got to learn to be alone. Uh, we touched upon this early in the show where so many people say, well, I need people around me. I need to do this. And no, you don't. It's, it's going to be another choice you're going to have to make. And when you walk into this power rack, should you choose to, and start following our direction, and like John said, you're going to start coming up with your own ideas. 
everything's going to change in your life. And I know that's scary for most people. That's a lot of reason why most people do nothing. Fear. As as Rocky Balboa said, Freddie fear. Because I'm telling you right now, fear will cripple you to the point where you'll do nothing. You'll be afraid to get out of bed in the morning. And there's a lot of people like that. You hear people talk. I don't think they mean it. But, you know, I've said this before. I like them. But I don't want to be around them anymore. Why? Because that stuff penetrates your mind. And when you're building those seeds of success between your two ears, you've got to flush all that shit out of you once and for all. You're not going to go into a power rack, handle a maximum weight, if you're worried about, am I going to get hurt? So, what I would say, and I'll hand it off to John, and John can summarize and give out all his information, is this. This is volume two of power rack training, and there's going to be many more volumes coming. And when John comes and gets the prototype, and I'm hoping to have two more developed, maybe we'll even have another one for him to take, which is going to be the different bar, the red line bar. Um, Stick with us, because I'm telling you right now, this ride is going to be like something you've never been on before. And you're going to be with two men and whomever else, um, if we can do it, that I'd send a bar to. Um you're going to be with two men that are going to put this shit right to the max. And I've got goals. John knows what they are. I'm not going to say what they are, but I'm telling you, they're mighty lofty. And another thing, too, I think maybe I announced it. I've come up with a floor press bar like nothing you've ever seen before. But that's got to be on the back burner because we've got to get all the other stuff up and running and and going. Because if we can start moving these bars... Um, I'm going to come out right away with a brand new power rack to go with the bar or separate, whatever. But we are going to show you that by far this is the greatest stuff you could ever attach yourself to. John, summarize everything. Give out any information where people can get a hold of you. Let me give mine out. Hang on the line. We'll be ready for next month, my friend. Okay. Well, as far as goals, I'm really impressed all the time I talk to you about your own goals. Uh, In my case, my own goal is to live to 74 next month. You will. You will. uh, Yeah, I I think I'm going to make it now. Uh, But the big thing is, uh, let's let's have the people out there uh, start with this type of training. Use your own innovations. Maybe consider just withdrawing and training alone because the big thing is uh, what I see all the time in a commercial gym is so many people are into this follow the crowd mentality and that mentality almost always involves the word you mentioned three times in your last sentence, volume. Yep. Not the way we're talking about volumes of training, but they want to do volume of lifting uh, or bodybuilding or whatever the heck they're doing. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I'm still gritting my teeth over the young girl that took over my power rack <laughs> before I got there and, and doing deadlifts oh. with a bare bar oh. inside the power. And I thought, oh, no, please get out of there. And then <laughs> she went to something else. And I thought I'm never going to get this rack today. But uh, the thing is, you know, the the volume training is not what we're talking about. It's the intensity and getting the sheer utmost contraction you can. Uh, Hopefully we can get this across to people. Uh, If guys would think and do this on their own, they wouldn't even need you and me. Nope. 
but it would take a little longer to get to the reality that we've achieved from uh, a lifetime of training. But guys, you'll get there. Believe me. Yeah. Just start it now. Don't wait for us. Yeah. But that's all I can say. And if anybody wants to get a hold of me, they can still get me at Facebook. That's usually the best way uh, because sometimes when they come on Facebook, I'll actually look at it. If it's a phone, if it's a phone call or something else, uh, unless it's Eric calling, I don't answer the phone. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Um, I would. I'm with you. Uh, and it goes for anything. Make decisions swiftly and get into them. But obviously, make sure you're in a power rack. Don't be screwing around with everything, anything that you're not protected with. Because you and I both know a lot of people have died from weight training because things have fallen on their throat, drove them through the ground, and broke both of their knees right out. Look, I don't want to get into all that negative connotation here, but I want to warn you, this is not child's play here this is men and this stuff is like john said very explosive and what i like about it is dangerous in some ways what's life without a little danger if you're not facing danger sometimes you're not alive so it's got all the ingredients to go and be whatever you want to be think about that that's very important be everything you can be better better and better now i'm going to read them again before we sign off with everything and here we go Think about all these emotions, the seven major positive emotions. Desire, faith, love, sex, enthusiasm, romance, and hope. You get those ingredients, you got a winning life, folks. Also, go out to FiorellaBarbellCo.com, winners and champions. That is a premier product. There's 14 modules. I speak through every one. You like rack training, you like sandbags, stones, high shrugs. It's all there. And I can do anything you want. You get a hold of me. I'll record anything you want or I'll work with you over Skype. But you got to go out and check it out. Also, too, go out to um, FiorelloBarbellCo.com, Prosperity Conscious page. That goes right out. The donation, well, I'll say the investment, $25.50 or $100. You go out. It goes right in my account. And that's where the money goes. It doesn't get spent on anything else. And it would help me out tremendously because you need a lot of money to operate. And that's just the way it is. So anything you would like to push forth towards me and the company and the family, much appreciated. Also, go out to motivationmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. Go out. I'll have this up tomorrow. This will be the third installment, volume two. Check it out. It's the best stuff you'll ever hear, I'm telling you right now. So look at all the – there's 1,200 shows out there. Have at them because they are just full of information. Also, too, sign up for our free uh, newsletter on MotivationMuscle.com. Go to my MailChimp account. Bang. You know, and as I said with the other, if you want to invest, that's my PayPal account. That goes right into my bank account. That's what it does, period. That's where it stays until we got to move money again. Also, too, let's see. Um, what was the next? Okay, we're going to invest again in Motivation Muscle and Fiorello Bar Barbell Company through advertising. You know how we work here. I will do my damnedest to get you business, and you will help M&M and FBC 
keep going after its goals. Keep climbing, 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 building more and more momentum. And that's the way it is. Also, too, our YouTube channel, Fiorella Barbell Company, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. If you like a show, well, we know what we're going to be doing, but if there's something, uh, another wrinkle in it you would like, and you like John and I do it, contact me at Fiorella Barbell at NICAP.R.com. Also, too, we are on iTunes and Stitcher. We've gotten only a five-star review, and that is exceptional. Keep it up. We thank you for that. We're on Spotify and Google Podcasts. We're also, let's see, we're on AHA directory for your car, which is pronounced AHA. If someone seeks you out in the gym or the concrete jungle, five words can change their life. With what we said today, if you're on the fence, you're not sure, you want to play ball, you got, you know, you're not real strong, you know, you get knocked around a lot. Well, guess what? You just heard another piece of the formula to get there. And let me tell you something, no one will knock you around when you implement this and do this for your lifetime. You do this for a year before you play football next fall, you'll impress the coaches so much they'll wonder what the hell you're doing, man. I'm telling you, it's that drastic and that direct to the body and most of all to your mind. Nobody will get your ass out on the field. It won't matter if they plant you six feet under. You're going to get back up with dirt coming out of your mouth and hanging off your helmet, folks. Think about how powerful that is. Also, too, as my mom said when we were kids, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile for that day. You don't know what people are going through. And, you know, with Thanksgiving and Christmas, we know a lot of people get down on themselves. There's a lot of people that take their lives, and that is awful. Get in a power rack. You'll be a whole different person. I know my father's anniversary is December 15th. It's very hard on my mother still. But you know what? We got a hell of a lot to be thankful for. And as I do on every on Christmas, Jimmy's with my dad, obviously. I go down and talk to him. Sometimes I go down and read to him. And, you know, I get shit about that. Well, they're not there. I said, how do you know they're not there? Their energy is there, and I believe that, so I don't care. I just feel I have to honor them. They they mean so much to me all the time. Also, too, if you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, push it, press it, pull it, squat it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. Uh, I want to say hi to Paul Thor. He's doing some incredible work, man. He's all over Etched in Stone today, too. That's another thing. Join Etched in Stone, Etched in Stone for kids. The shows are just popping. I mean, huge popping. Also, too, um... Russell Fur, well, the Great Hoose of Steel Stone Crusher says in blood red, domination, we are domination, we clear cut the path, we don't follow anyone, dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path, no one will ever clip our balls, and as Russell Fur says, who's been listening to Eminem from the beginning, when I listen to your shows, I swear there's testosterone dripping out of my speakers, it's more like a tidal wave, higher and wider every day, Frank Klein, my greatest business college professor, repetition, 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 quitters never win, winners never quit, my dad, be a leader, not a follower. Be a leader, not a follower. John Ridge, like a dad figure, um, greatest chiropractor ever. He would walk every patient to the door, no matter how busy he was, and say, keep smiling. Try that no matter what you're dealing with. It will change you. Keep smiling. Keep smiling. Also, be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by. Tell a hundred or a million or ten million of your friends about us because we won't kick your door and we'll blow the roof right off your house. Like I said, 
FBC, go out, look at all the blog posts John's put up among Steve Gardner and many others. All right? Go out and look at all the shows on motivation and muscle. There is more information out there than you can even imagine. All of it, free. Go out. If you like it, invest in us and tell a friend all over the place. Also, too, before I sign off with John, you're all winners, champions, and unstoppable. I always say this at the end, too. You are all geniuses. And I'm telling you right now, it's not as hard as you think. Oh, you're going to have to put in some work, and you're going to probably have tears rolling down your cheeks. I've had them. You're going to want to quit. You're going to relish hitting your marks. And this goes with everything. But you know what the bottom line is? You're your own man or woman. There's not a lot of that today in the world. Like my dad says, be a leader, not a follower. So before I sign off with John, one other thing. You all have greatness in you. The world is asking something from you. Damn it, go out and do it. John, another killer show. Thank you. You're always appreciated here. You know that. You're a big friggin' spoke in the wheel here. And it's always my honor to have you with the family and myself. So thank you for being on, my friend. Okay, thanks, Eric. It's been a ball as usual. Yes, sir. So for John McCain, this is Eric Fiorello. The show will be up tomorrow. We'll be up for round three. Volume three will be up in December because that's going to be a short month with everything going on in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. But you know what? This is the stuff we love to do, and it's never work. Never, ever work. So remember that the next time you decide you want to go tackle something big, make it your own it. Own it, own it, own it. So for John McCain, this is Eric Fiorello. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. John Bruni is coming up at 11 a.m., and we got a big show with him. So we will talk to you soon. And have at it with this stuff because I'm telling you, it only happens once in life when you discover great things and great people like this. We'll see you soon, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation & Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.